Dude, I'm gonna start recording in a row just like all the time. I feel so comfortable right now. <laughs> like, I just feel so like we're, we're recording. What? <laughs> hello, 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 and welcome back. I'm leaving that in. Welcome back to here, so we don't get fined. My name is David. Now I feel naked. You're wearing a robe. I know, but now I feel now everyone knows I'm wearing a robe. The man in the robe is Thomas, and uh, we are very glad to have you back here for another edition I of was, the pod. I was feeling dignified, and now I just feel <laughs> sad. Oh man, I am so glad that you find comfort in your robe, Thomas. It's very comfortable. You know what makes me comfortable? What? Talking about sports. You know what makes me even more comfortable? What's that? Talking about sports in a robe. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, how about that? Fair apples? enough. How about them apples? Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, so we're back. We have more sports to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you about. guys are tired of it yet, but we have a few more NHL trades. Yeah, uh, good news. If you are tired of it, this is it. This the is deadline the is over. It. The deadline has come and gone. It was a bit of a snooze fest compared to the rest of the week, but that doesn't mean we can't. We're not. Yeah, that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to talk about it. Exactly. It exactly. Our, Have no fear. It is our duty to bring you the sport news and to remind you that the Raiders suck. No. Okay. No. We're not doing that. Listen. Uh, if you don't like all of this stuff, don't worry. This episode is not going to be dedicated to uh, hockey trades. We will talk about the remaining hockey trades that happened post-recording on Thursday and pre-deadline uh, on Friday. But then that's it. We're going to be done talking about hockey trades for literally until around this time next year. Well, uh, unless something major happens. Season. Yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. something major happens. But... As for the second thing you said, no, we're not going to trash talk the Raiders. One, because you know how much I love the Raiders. And two, you know how much you love our dear friend, old mentor, Mr. Craig Cardwell. So, Craig, if you're listening, we love you. We love the Raiders. Thank you. Uh, I love the Raiders. Listen, I love Craig almost as much as UT loves losing. If we didn't lose Hinden Hooker, UT wins a national championship this year. Maybe. Probably not. Probably get folded by Georgia. I mean... Not get folded by Georgia, actually. Mm. We would have beat Georgia. We almost beat them without Hendon Hooker. I mean, almost only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and nuclear warfare. Anyway, we love you, Craig. And we love the Raiders. Well, we love you, Craig. <laughs> you really don't want to make Craig happy, do you? Uh, uh, you know, after we get a steak dinner, maybe, you know. You're not going to get that steak dinner if you keep doing this. I think I think Craig's pride will keep him from removing me from the steak dinner. Well, you gonna like challenge him, say you don't think he can make a good steak. I already did. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just saying that's how that's how you guarantee yourself a steak, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> They're gonna put their best foot forward. But like Craig's gonna listen to this and he's gonna be like, "Oh, guess who's not getting a steak now? The principal." Yeah. He's not gonna do that. Craig, please still. Please, you and I both please know still that. Make me a steak. You can shoot him in the foot. With Actually, a nail like. Gun. I'm actually pretty excited, right? Because, like, I don't really like steak. I, I, like, I know that sounds weird, right? But, like, I generally, like, 
it takes a lot for me to like a steak. Like, I think there's only been, like, two or three steaks I've ever enjoyed in my life. Wow. I'm hoping it's going to be four. I have no doubt in my mind that if you have enjoyed a steak in the past, Craig is going to make you a steak that you're going to enjoy. I love steak. Like, if if alien, if the alien race uh, came down right now and was like, you have one human being that you personally know to give me the best steak that America has to offer or the whole country gets nuked, Craig would be on my list of people to call. Does beer backstraps count as steak? I don't even know what that is. It's it's very steak-like. Beer backstraps? No, deer. Deer backstraps. Yeah. Well, that's not beef, so I don't think it counts as a steak. Okay, well, is bison beef? I'm thinking of a bison burger, not a bison steak. Is ham... Never mind. A pork chop is not a steak, Thomas. I, I, I was going to say hamburger steak. <laughs> but that is Also clearly... hamburger beef. Yeah. No, and also not a steak. That's why I stopped is because <laughs> I was like, oh, wait. No, but listen. I've had like, if, if back straps count, then I've had a couple of steaks that I enjoy. What The guy we shouted out last episode, Churner, one day in college, he like came over and like brought a whole deer that he had like not like a whole deer but like basically a whole deer and he brought this like massive grill that we kit not we they <laughs> the uh the back like patio stairs i don't know how they got it onto the uh back patio because it's such a like extreme pivot, yeah you know i but, bet they had to lift it over the railing before yeah, you get to that like, awning but like there was like seven hours of just meat being cooked oh i bet that smells like, so good oh dude it smelled so i don't know what it is though deer does not like me but it's worth you could know? you imagine going out on that porch enjoying what we used to enjoy on that porch with the smell of deer all around uh, uh, that would have been ideal that would have been terrible what do you mean our cholesterols would have been shot like no, the no, deer. Just the smell of the deer while we are enjoying what we used to enjoy on the porch. Just the smell of the deer as opposed to the smell of Pulaski. I mean, anything beats the smell of Pulaski. The smell of Chicago beats the smell of Pulaski. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> okay. Shots fired. That's, I mean, let's just, like, it, it is what it is. But, like, last, last thing about this story. Like, he had, like, a whole leg. You know, like what the Vikings you see, like it looked like that. You think a Viking ate an entire deer leg just walking around like... (sighs) I mean, not a deer leg, maybe an elk leg. I don't know what they have in Scandinavia. (coughs) But anyways, let me tell you, I have never felt more testosterone pumping through my body than when I picked up that thing and just took a big old bite out of this deer's leg. I had I've had deer jerky, delicious. I had deer mac and cheese. Oh, it was pull, it was it was basically made in like a style of like pulled pork, but it was pulled venison, and it was shredded and it was like pulled apart, super tender. Had a little bit of barbecue mm. sauce on it with the mac and cheese. Oh, it was so good. You know, if I'm being honest, like when it comes down the taste, like venison might be my favorite meat. Definitely not. I, I like but, Denison. Denison. Venison. Sometimes it can just be a little too gamey for me. Uh, I like the basic... I, I'm a big chicken guy. Chicken is far and away. I think you can do the most with it. 
You can fry oh, chicken. Yeah. You can grill like, chicken. You can boil chicken. Like you can do anything to chicken. Yeah, I uh, most versatile. I once had rattlesnake. Ew. It what was. I had it at Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. It was. Uh, it would have been better with a bun. It was like a rattlesnake sausage, and there was a rabbit one. I had. I've had rabbit. I think they both would have been better, like, on a bun. It just came with, like, a little square of bread. And I'm like, dog, it's 8 a.m. I, I've i gotten soft in my old age. Yeah. My old age, I'm 22. Yeah, 22. I wish I was 22. I'm 28. Um, but I've gotten soft. Yeah. Here's what I mean by that. I used to, like, I've killed a deer. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I been haven't. hunting. I have ended the life of a deer. I haven't. And at the time, I was like, hey, I got one, you know? Um, now, just a few months ago, we're driving down the road. I hit a deer. Yep. I slammed on my brakes. Can confirm. Barely tapped the deer. The deer ran off into the woods. And for the rest of the drive home and part of the next day tomorrow, I was like, I wonder if the deer's okay. Don't lie to our hurt? listeners. Don't lie to our listeners right now. It was longer than the next day. Okay, whatever. I still was, think about that deer. You still think about that deer? Yes. David, it's a deer. What it's if it did, What if you just hobbled off and it, it died of starvation because it couldn't get food? Oh, it couldn't eat the grass right at its feet. I, I injured a living, breathing, beautiful animal. Okay. And it made me sad. Versus 10 years ago when I shot one, I've gotten soft. Look, David, look at it this way. You could look at it like, I'm not going to say this. That would make me seem such like such a terrible person. (laughs) I've seen chickens do awful (coughs) things. I've never felt bad about eating a chicken. However, I've seen a couple of uh, videos of like adorable cows Mm -hmm. and been like, man, I regret the last hamburger I ate. Now, will it ever stop me from eating meat? Absolutely. Would you eat cat? No. Ew. No. I'm just asking a question. Calm down. No, I would not. Very or it used to be very common in Asian culture. I don't know if it still is. I would no. I would not. Okay. No. Do you think you've ever ingested a cat without realizing it? Thomas, are you making the racist claim that Chinese restaurants in America put cat in their food? No, I, I'm not. No, I'm not getting at that. But like Taco Bell had like a huge thing with them using like horse meat and like. No. The thing with Taco Bell a couple years ago, a long time ago, actually, was what they were doing is they were buying meat at a discounted rate because what would happen is when these trucking companies were shoved off their meat to other places they would take out the other stuff that was left over in the truck, clean it, and sell it to Taco Bell at a discounted rate. So it was a mosh posh of a bunch of different kinds of meat. It was not horse meat. Are you sure? I am 95% sure. That's not... uh, I remember looking this up because I was like, Taco Bell's delicious. I ate it a lot. What am I putting in my body? That's fair. It wasn't going to stop me from putting it in my body. You just wanted to know what it was. I just wanted to know what it was. That's fair. I get that. It was not horse meat. And I'm, I'm not saying, like, in America, like, as, like, a whole. I'm just saying, like, I know we've both eaten at a restaurant in Pulaski. That was a little sketch. You're really straddling the border of racism I'm right not, now. No, I'm not. Because be- I know exactly what restaurant you're talking about. 
That's it's, it has nothing. And you are very close to straddling the border of racism. It has right nothing now. to do. It could, we are never going to get famous if you get canceled this early. It has nothing to do with that ownership. It has everything to do with the meat being sketchy. It tasted delicious, but it was sketchy. <clears throat> they had bacon wrapped fake crab. Yeah. Oh my! I don't know what that was. It certainly wasn't crab. Didn't have the texture of crab. It, I guess looked like crab, but it didn't have the texture or the taste of crab. But my god, it was delicious. Yeah. And again, don't know what it was, but it was real yummy. Oh wow. Anyway, we're uh, twelve minutes into this pod. Haven't we talked about sports yet? All we've talked about is uh, deer, crab, kitties, and the Raiders sucking. And uh, how weird you are! How it, how weird it is that you're recording this in a robe. It's not weird. It's only weird because they know I'm recording in a robe. You think it's not weird that you walk around our house in a robe? It's a comfortable robe. It's still weird. I know plenty of people who have robes that just wear robes. In front of their families. It's different. Excuse me. I'm just going to start walking around naked. Don't do that. That's weird. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. People I would do never that. do that. People do that when they're living with someone they're in a relationship with, yeah, I would or they that. like live alone. Like that's uh. Even when I lived alone, I didn't do that. <laughs> are you trying to tell me, or are you telling yourself? I'm just stating a fact. Okay, if you say so. No one can corroborate that. True. Listen, we got trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Anyway, let's trade out um, this conversation for a man. Name. I oftentimes think to myself. We are so weird. Our show could not be any more weird. <laughs> and then we always find a way to one-up it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, getting right into uh, hockey trades. Again, we have 12 trades to talk about. A couple of them are inconsequential, so we won't spend a lot of time on them. But right after we got done, uh, a couple hours after we got done recording the last pod, a big trade happened, uh, and that was Alex Domi. Alex Domi. Max Domi was traded to Dallas. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks trade Max Domi and Dylan Wells to the Dallas Stars for Anton Kudobin and a 2025 second round pick. What do you think? Ah, that's a weird trade. It's like an irrelevant trade, but a relevant trade. I mean, Dallas is loading up for a potential run into the playoffs. So acquiring Max Domi isn't a bad idea if you're expecting him to slot in on the third line. But if you're expecting any bigger contribution than that i'm not saying he can't meet those expectations i'm just saying that he isn't consistently meeting those expectations yeah for chicago i mean when they signed max domi it felt like a stopgap, just like a transitional piece so i mean getting a they got a second yeah getting a second round pick out of it is good you know that's a good return on investment for a team that needs draft capital I love this for Dallas because uh, I'm a big fan of Max Domi. I remember when Max Domi first came into the league and he had a lot of hype. Now he's been on 13 different teams. And yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's still only 28 years old. I mean, I know that's like that's where players should be in their prime by now. And like he's not. But he's still young enough that you can still get a lot out of him in the future. Maybe. I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm saying it could. So I think... He's at least, like you said, a solid third-line guy and has the potential 
to not only help them out this year in the cup run, but also in, in the coming years, if he can reclaim some of that potential we saw three, four years ago. I My biggest knock on Max Domi is he's been in the league for some time now, and it doesn't feel like he's figured out what he is. And I don't, I'm not saying I do know what he is. I'm just saying players forwards like Max Domi typically slot into one or two of these player archetypes like playmaker, sniper, two-way guy, power forward, grinder, etc., etc. And, and they generally like hone and develop in those archetypes. It kind of feels like Max Domi is playing his career like on NHL, but instead of like boosting one or two types of play, he's trying to boost everything at once and it's just not working out. So he can score goals. He can he can assist the puck. He's just got to set out to do it but he also likes to be a grinder he likes to be a power forward like his dad be a little chippy and it's just it's too much but hear me out if there's a place to go and to learn what your role is dallas is a good place to do it they've got veterans they've got young guys they've got experienced guys in the playoffs they've got a good coach like dallas isn't a bad place to go to figure out who you are and to to establish yourself in that role, whatever he does decide to make it. Uh, no, I mean, it's or whatever a... coaches decide to lead him towards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, like it, I, because I, I see what you're saying for sure. But like, I there are not many places than Dallas that I can think of. Many places other than Dallas I can think of that would be that good uh, to help him out with that decision. I mean, uh, what about Carolina? Yeah, I mean, Carolina would be one, too. I mean, he was in Carolina. What about Montreal? Nah, he wasn't in this Carolina, though. Uh, he was in Carolina last season. Really? Yep. Oh, never mind. I stand corrected. No. Was he traded to Chicago last season? No, he signed in Chicago in free agency. See, I'm a year behind. Or I'm a year ahead. I thought that was two years ago. Uh, I'm just oh, saying, like... My bad. No, that's listen, fair. That's I fair. hope he puts it together. Because he's had flashes. He had one year in Montreal where in 82 games he had 28 goals and 44 assists. That's not bad. That's 72 points. It's not bad. But it's just, it's, he's got to figure out what he, what he want, what impact he has on a roster. For sure. For sure. Uh, Moving on. The Detroit Red Wings trade Jacob Vrana. Uh, while retaining 50% of his contract, to the St. Louis Blues in return for Dennis Dylan McLaughlin and a 2025 seventh-round pick. This is a great move for St. Louis, but it's surprising that it was made a move at all. Vrana came over from Washington as part of the Anthony Mantha trade, and he's ve- Vrana's a very good goal scorer. Like, he, he's not... When I say very good, I'm saying... I'm not saying he's going to net you 50 goals in a year, but he could get you 25. Yeah. Like, that is a player worth having on your roster. This is a player that got waived earlier this season. And to be able to pick him up for 50% off a prospect on the seventh-round pick, it's basically taking a flyer out on him. I'm a bit confused as to why Detroit is making all these moves. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a team that's set and poised to... Like, they're slowly building their team and to make a good run here in a couple years. And they've done a lot this trade deadline that seems counterintuitive to that 
initial plan that we saw start in motion like three years ago. I don't know what happened. Rana found himself in the doghouse in Detroit. They were never going to win a trade involving him because you're taking such a hit on the valuation of an asset. Like it's like, it's like selling a house that you recently bought, but then got condemned. Yeah. Like no matter what you do, you're taking a hit. Fair enough. I don't know. It's a weird trade, but I do think it's good for St. Louis. Hey, but uh, another man's garbage, or a one, man's garbage could be man's enough. trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, is that the phrase you're? That's looking? that's the idiom. Hey, idiom, good word. Semantics. That'll be a future word of the day. <laughs> that's not semantics. I, it kind of is a uh, little bit. Next trade, the Vancouver Canucks trade Curtis Lazar to the New Jersey Devils in return for a 2024 fourth-round pick. I've never heard of this Lazar kid. Lazar was a former first-round pick, had potential. It just never really... He's basically a high-tier fourth-liner, low-tier third-liner. Two-way guy. This is one of those trade like. The Devils made their big move by bringing in Timo Meyer. I think this is just to add a little depth and bolster, give the team some options. Because New Jersey's a young team, so this brings in some more veteran-esque leadership, if you will. Gotcha. Solid? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, we talked about yesterday the uh, Vladislav Nemestinkov trade. Yeah. He's traded again. Really? These Sharks trade him, Namestinkov. Namestinkov? Yep. To the Winnipeg Jets for a 2025 fourth round pick. I have noticed a lot of 2025 picks in this trade stuff. Uh, so what, That seems odd to here's me. Here's my hypothesis. A lot of teams are up against the cap right now. Because the cap notably froze for an extended period of time, but player raises continued. So, everyone was up against the cap. So, we've seen a lot of weird trades. I think part of the reason we're seeing these future assets be dished out is NHL GMs have a thing that they love to do. Uh, there was a study done by a YouTuber who like just went th- had the time on his hands to go through it all. Apparently, when GMs acquire picks from other teams, unless it is at the draft, it is 60% that those picks are traded for other assets in the future. Hmm. So what I'm imag- what I'm assuming is that these picks are going to be dealt again when the cap goes up and teams have more space. Because the cap is supposed to rise by, th- by, not 30, by 10 mil over the next three years. So that's going to be a big help for a lot of these teams that now have the assets to make trades. Yeah. I got you. Uh, now the trade itself, name a scob to the Jets for a fourth. I like it for both teams. Winnipeg adds some depth for cheap. San Jose gets rid of a piece that they don't need. Like, it, it's a good... It's, it's a mutually beneficial cheap deal. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and then next one... The Penguins trade Brock McGinn and a third-round pick to Anaheim in return for Dmitry Kulikov. I guess I get it. Uh, it seems like Penguin, like Pittsburgh is moving out a lot more forwards than they brought in. It, it feels to me like Pittsburgh is trying 
and they're right around it, but they're missing it every trade they make. You know what I mean? Does that make sense when yeah. I say that? Like, yeah, like they're like, like you're beating around it, but you're not getting to what you need to do. We understand what you're trying to do, but you're kind of like you're like this is not the right way to do it. Yeah, Kulikov is fine. He's a third line defenseman, but Pittsburgh has a history of extracting the most out of third line defensemen. These defensemen playing above their level. I mean, Jack Johnson was a dream in Pittsburgh. Cody CC played the best hockey of his career in Pittsburgh. Like we've seen this happen multiple times. They could be trying it again. I think it's pretty cut and dry though. What Kulikov is. And I like, he might help you get into the playoffs, but this isn't a piece that helps you go anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, next, we have a three-way trade, a trade Ooh. involving the San Jose Sharks, the Montreal Canadiens, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Sharks receive a defenseman named Arvid Hendrickson. Hendrickson, I don't know who that is. A 2023 seventh-round pick, a 2024 fifth-round pick. And then the Canadians received a defenseman named Tony Sund and a fifth-round pick in 2024. And then Pittsburgh receives... Uh, Nick Benino and Montreal retains 50% of Benino's contract. I mean, that's some salary cap gymnastics. And again, like we just said, Pittsburgh's doing a lot, but I don't know if it's the right. Like, like they bring in home, not hometown hero, but Bones. Benino played for Pittsburgh, was a part of those. Two times Stanley Cups. Yeah. yeah. Won two cups with Pittsburgh, went to a third. No. Lot, won one cup in Pittsburgh. Nope. Won two cup in Pittsburgh, then went to Nashville. Got my dates a little wired up. Uh, but I just... He, I don't get it, dude. He's he's older. He's lost his step. What, where, what is the vision for this roster that yeah. the GM has? That's all I want to know. Yeah. I understand you want to give Sid and Gino and Latang their last hurrah, but like you can do it better than this. I understand bringing in a player who has chemistry and history with the players, and like let's not forget that he is the proud owner of the greatest hockey night in Punjab goal call of in, of, in history. But I just I I don't understand the decision. Yeah, same. I mean, I love Bones as much as the next guy, but, like, I don't know. At least they don't have to pay him his full contract. Yeah. Which I'm not even sure if it's a big contract. He doesn't even make, like, five mil a year. Not even. Yeah. Maybe, like, three. Yeah. But. Uh, Detroit. Making more moves for some reason. Trading Oscar Sunkvist for a 2023 fourth-round pick to the Minnesota Wild. Good for Minnesota. If you're not making the playoffs this year, which it kind of feels like Detroit has mailed it in a little bit with the pieces they've sent off, that's a fine move. Sunquist is a very notable third line player. It's a, can, it's a, I guess it's a good move for Minnesota, right? That's where he went. Um, yeah. Minnesota just kept making these weird, non-impactful but impactful trades. Like, I'm a big proponent of, like, third lines are important. It feels like they've only addressed their third line, though, and that's not... That's not enough. Yeah. Maybe that, plus the, the knowledge that they wear the best uniforms in hockey, will propel them forward. 
Maybe, maybe. But I, th- I th- well, their their big move, I think we're going to get to in a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked ahead. Uh, anyway, the Philadelphia Flyers trade Patrick Brown to the Ottawa Senators for a sixth round pick. This is a pretty inconsequential yeah. trade. Yeah. Fourth line guy. Uh, a little bit old. Not very good. I guess it's, Sixth it's, round pick. it's a like. cheap bolstering to a roster that spent the majority of their assets on Chichurin. Yeah. So, like, it's it's not a bad move. It's just a, ah, you yeah. did something. Here's a star. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, next, we have the Minnesota Wild trading John Jordan Greenway to the Buffalo Sabres in return for a 2023 second and a 2024 fifth. I think this is a stupid trade. I don't disagree. Greenway has a lot of potential. He's cheap. He's locked up. He's having an off year, but Greenway is the type like he's a big-bodied checking line for, forward like that ha- that has shown that he can produce offense in the past. Not a high level of offense, but a not, but a solid tertiary scoring option that can be the main threat on a third or fourth line. That's a player that you need in the playoffs. That's a player that comes up big for you in first, second, or third overtime. Like, that is, for a team that is giving all indications of, hey, we're going to try and do something this year, I don't get it. He is having a down year. I think he's got two goals and five assists. It's a very down year, and he's in the coach's doghouse. But I don't think that you should trade away a player with that much value just because he's in the doghouse. That's yeah. a player that could help sustain success for this franchise on the long term. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I have maybe heard you say <clears throat> a word with more than three syllables 20 times. Okay. And I think 10 of them have been anime names, and the other 10 have been the word tertiary. That's a great word. <laughs> you just used it so much the last couple of pods. I love it. Well, I mean, like it's it's a lot easier to use in the ter- in the context yeah. of hockey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Than it is other sports. Yeah, I just think <laughs> I just you said it again, and I was like, golly, that's like the tenth time you said that. It's a great word. That's a, it is a good word. It's a great yeah. word. Um, um, I love it for Buffalo, though. I think it's a great trade for Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. I I really badly want Buffalo to be good. I think... At least competitive. I think we're on the precipice of Buffalo being a very big, very big contender. Oh my gosh, the pot... Precipice and tertiary? The podcast has been spoiled today. You're welcome. And I properly pronounced the word spoil? (laughs) Golly. Wow. I normally say spoil, for those who don't know me in real life. Or bull. Or I need to change the oil in my car. Oil. Oil. Anyway, uh, the Calgary Flames trade Brett Ritchie and Connor Mackey to Arizona in return for Tory Stetcher and Troy Stetcher and Nick Ritchie. Stetcher was a is a. I've never heard of a single one of those guys. Stetcher played for Vancouver, then went to Detroit, and has kind of bounced around the league. He's a very, he's a decent defenseman to have on your third line if you're going somewhere. He's just, he's not. The best thing you can say about a defenseman in the league is you don't notice them. Yeah. You don't notice Troy Stetcher. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Uh, this trade has gotten a lot of buzz because it's the NHL's first ever brother-for-brother brother trade. Outside of that, it's a very irrelevant trade. Solid. It, like, this trade kind of feels like two GMs called up, or one GM called up another one, said, hey, you want to make history? And the other one's like, eh, sure. <laughs> Fair enough. We got two more. Uh, one involving Nashville, and then I think the, the big Minnesota one you were talking about. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres trade a guy named Rasmus Asplund to the Nashville Predators for a 2025 seventh round pick. This is the definition of a buy low. Buy. Trade. Uh, a seventh round pick is inconsequential. Buffalo probably had to make space for Greenway in the roster, so Asplund was the last one, or the odd man out, if you will. Nashville has space given to the or due to the mass exodus of talent leaving that roster i think it's a great trade for nashville it's a like if it doesn't work out it's a seventh round pick whatever but there's like asplund is a former second second round pick who is still developing it could be a late bloomer but late bloomers aren't totally uncommon in the nhl for Buffalo, I'm really surprised that they weren't able to get at least a fourth. Hmm. Fair that, enough. That is my take on this <clears throat> trade. Given Buffalo's ineptitude in years past, they probably didn't even ask. They were probably just like, please? Yeah, hey, we got this guy. Yeah. We'll give you a seventh. Oh, I could take a fifth. Or... No, we'll do seventh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, anyway, the final one, and yes, it is a big one from Minnesota. I see what you're talking about now. The Anaheim Ducks trade John Kleinberg to Minnesota for Andre Suster and the rights to Nikita Nestorenko and a 2025 fourth-round pick. That's a big trade for Minnesota. It is. I, let me tell you, dude, I my heart aches for John Kleinberg. Why? You want to talk, like... He turned down a nine mil a year deal at one point. That oh, had, it had like he wanted an eight year contract, and this was like a four year contract. Uh, he went to free agency. There was no market. He signed a one year seven mil deal with Anaheim. That is not a place that uh, promoted the continually the continual continuing development of his career he was kind of set up for failure is what i was getting at he was on a weak roster not necessarily a weak roster but a roster lacking substantial depth yeah the shiny pieces shine very bright but they don't outshine the rest of the team and that is not where like if I was Klingberg and I had my pick and I had to take a one-year basically prove-it deal, I would have looked at Washington. I would have looked at Boston, Toronto, somewhere like there. I would have taken a cheaper deal to go into a situation that would let me get a payday. Well, hopefully being on a team that is a legitimate cup contender like Minnesota will help him get a little bit of a yeah. shine and yeah. he can earn a deal. Absolutely. That he deserves, because Klingberg's really good at hockey. He uh, he is. Analytically, his defensive numbers are a liability. Yeah. However, so were P.K. Subban's, and he was a defenseman. How? I mean, so is Klingberg. Klingberg's a defenseman? Yeah, he's a right-handed defenseman. Why did I think he was a winger? No. Offensive defenseman. 
That's why he's offensive. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, he's really good offensively speaking. He's fantastic. It's like he's got to find the right fit for him going forward, a place that's not – like if there's a 60-40 split on eye test and analytics, he needs to find a place that's 60 eye, eye test. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, that's all for the trades. Uh, listen, I think we cover hockey pretty well. Yeah. You know who else covers hockey really well? Who? ESPN. I would disagree. They're great at covering hockey. They are terrible at covering hockey. Uh, no, they are terrible at covering hockey. Recently, a uh, segment on First Take came up where they were asking what team in New York would be the next team to win a championship. Makes sense. That's where they're shooting the, sh- the show at. Yeah. If you don't know anything about New York, they got a lot of teams. They got the Mets. They got the Yankees. They got the Giants. They got the uh, uh, Jets. They got the Sabres. They've got... Uh, Islanders. The Islanders. They've got the Rangers. They've got the Sabres. They've got uh, a lot of teams in New York City. So someone... The Sabres are not in New York City. In, not in New York City. In New York. Sorry. I didn't mean to say city. In New York. Uh, someone said... Oh. The New York Rangers. Confidently. And the response from Molly Kiram, who I love, and Stephen A., who I also love, was hockey doesn't count. That is... And Thomas was very happy with that response. Give I them... Was, I was so irritated. You, uh, hold on. Like, let's just look at this from like, this can't happen, right? This can't happen. Disney, who owns ESPN, just struck... A huge deal to get the NHL broadcasting rights. A huge deal. We're in year two of seven. And two of your biggest personalities on your one of your biggest shows come out and say hockey doesn't count. Like, it's... It's... You, the whole purpose behind this purchase was to grow and develop the sport. Yeah. When you say it doesn't count, and it's not like we're talking about an up-and-coming league. Yeah. It's not like it's the age-old debate between esports and sports. This is a developed league that's considered one of the big four. Yeah. In the north in North America, and and like here's the thing: when I say big four, I don't have to expand upon it because you know what I mean. To say it doesn't count, I like, it's. It's very frustrating as a hockey fan because even though ESPN like has the rights, it never gets talked about. Like, yeah, we can watch out of market games, but the broadcasts have been inconsistent. There's been blackouts on things that shouldn't be blacked out. Overall, it's been a fail. Like the in the crease is boring. It's just a nightly recap of the games that go on. There's no analytics. There's no discourse. It's it is disheartening to watch something go from NBCSN, which did a fantastic job up to upgrade to ESPN, the leader in sports coverage around the world and the broadcast quality get worse. The coverage quality get worse, more inconsistent. And it started out in the first season. It was off to a really strong start. They were hiring all these people to talk and be personalities for the sport to help grow it. They were introducing all these new camera angles while teams were in the offensive zone and transitioning. It was a it was a top tier production, and it has fallen from that so far 
It is a joke. The thing that gets me the most, the thing that makes me the most upset about it, is it is a fail for hockey. Yeah. I I don't want to give this much power to ESPN, but I'm going to because like facts are facts. The NFL is not what it is without ESPN. Like you have Fox Sports, you have CBS, you have the games on Sundays. But the access to it Monday through Saturday is what has kept the NFL what the NFL is for 50 years. The NBA does not exist without... Like, the NBA was dying when, uh, I forget his name, took over and turned it into, like, a a much better... They got TV deals, and eventually when social media came along, they got great on social media. Like, the NBA doesn't exist without television and... Uh, or without people talking about it on television and social media. Like, you have the two biggest sports in the country... Who are very dependent on things like social media and daytime television. Mm-hmm. And, and NFL, I guess, is dependent on... Its its success is dependent on television and, and social media. The NBA's existence is dependent on television and social media. Yeah. Like, it would have died without the the moves it made towards television. In the, like, 80s and 90s. But, I digress. We can do that with hockey. We can do... Like, hockey is a sport that is moving all the time. Yeah. It doesn't slow down. It's a beautiful sport. You can go 30 minutes without a goal being scored, and there is action that entire 30 minutes. You can hit people. Fights are legal. You see people's literally like get knocked off of their skates and onto their back. It is action-packed. It is a fun sport to watch that most people don't watch because they know nothing about it. They don't know how to access it. They don't know how to watch it. They don't know where to watch it. Like, what this is doing... I love hockey. I watch hockey when I can. I I get a lot of hockey information from from the NHL app. I get a lot of hockey information from you. Like we talk hockey. So I as a fan am not crazy upset about the ESPN stuff cuz even if it was even if they were covering it great, I would not be watching it on that. Like yeah. I get my information other ways when it comes to hockey. So even if they were covering it fantastically, it, that wouldn't affect me much. What upsets me is that ESPN has the potential to make hockey a like the top three sport in the world. Yeah. Right behind the NFL and football. Like they deserve. Right behind the NFL and football. The NFL and basketball. <laughs> um, but they're not doing it. The, what upsets me the most is they, t- they took this over. Yep. And they're failing hockey. And they're failing fans. Like it, like you said, MSNBC was doing a great job. Maybe they could do better in like the social media department. But other than that, they were doing a great job. So Stephen A. got buried. Because like Twitter erupted. They were like, Stephen A.'s uh, hockey input for the next five years. All I know about hockey is the puck is black. Uh, Stephen A. put up a response video. 
uh, basically saying, telling everyone to calm down. He knows hockey. He loves the Rangers. Blah, blah, blah. Doug Gilmore. I'm best friends with Gary Bettman. You didn't help your case with that. When Gary Bettman became the commissioner, he didn't know anything about hockey. <laughs> Gary Bettman, I'm pretty sure, is actually the only commissioner that the NHL has had. Okay. That was just a fun fact. Oh. Uh, but, like... It, Still, everyone, when he became commissioner, didn't know anything about hockey. He did this, but he did this video to kind of put out the flames. And, if anything, they ignited them. So, I'm hoping that this is kind of the swift kick in the rear that ESPN needs to be like, oh, hey, maybe we should start doing a little bit more for this sport that we just acquired the rights for. It doesn't bother me that Stephen A. doesn't know anything about hockey. Like, Stephen A. never talks about golf. Stephen A. never talks about baseball. Like, yeah. like Stephen A.'s expertise is football and basketball. And I so, just... like, like I, I'm not going to go to, like, MLB tonight and get upset if they're not talking about football. Like, I think it's a loss. I it is think the, it's... It's the entirety of ESPN that doesn't know anything about hockey that bothers yeah. me. I don't think every single person at ESPN has to be fully versed on hockey. That was just such a great opportunity Yeah, that went up in smoke. Because the Rangers had just acquired Patrick Kane, one of the biggest names in American hockey history, going to the biggest, if or the second biggest, if not the biggest market in the country your hometown like this was such a great opportunity to develop the sport yeah but what are you gonna do i'm like you though i hope this is a swift kick in the pants i hope they can in the future become better at covering hockey because again not for me but for the sport of hockey which is such a like you said it's a beautiful sport and it deserves more recognition it does but it also needs reform and it's not going to get that reform without attention yeah like come on guys Let's figure it out. Yeah. But anyway, we just had to, we saw that video and Thomas like we're talking. Thomas didn't even say, "Hey, you want to talk about this?" He said, "We're talking about this." And I was like, "Yeah, we need to talk about it." It's obnoxious. So, uh, but we normally do drafts on Thursday. Yep. We had a lot of hockey to talk about, so yep. we did not. We well, today also normally have David picking first. Yeah. But today we're going to do the draft that we were supposed to do on Thursday. And I, unfortunately, lost the last draft pretty handedly. We had multiple people say, yeah, Thomas won the spring draft. Uh, which, like, even I said, you won the spring draft. Uh, but today we have a new draft. This draft is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to pick from a wheel. We are picking our personal. We each are drafting yeah. one through five. Uh, and Thomas is already... Trying to figure out which of my picks he's going to steal. We are doing animated Disney films. Yes, we are. I want to say this before it becomes unpopular. Me and Thomas are new guys, okay? You're not going to see anything pre-1990 in this draft, probably. Everything from 1990 to now is the golden age of Disney animated films. Snow White was terrible. Get over yourself. Yes, it was iconic. First animated feature-length film. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. It was a bad movie. Bad story. The animation was horrible. I get it was the first, but it was terrible. We're not talking about bad movies here. No, no. I mean, we could. You could have Snow White in your list. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah. So, 
animated Disney films. What is your number one overall Frozen pick? Frozen 2. You know that's a bad pick. You know that's a bad pick. Here's the, here's the thing, guys. Frozen <laughs> 2 is my favorite animated Disney film of all time. It's the best. Uh, but... I know. I'm just, I'm just messing with no, you. No, 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 no. You picked Frozen 2. I did. I very You picked clear, Frozen 2. I very Nuh-uh. clearly did that to mess with you. You picked Frozen 2, buddy. Sorry. Okay. You want to pick a different one? Uh, uh, that, here's what's going to happen. I'm either going to go in my order or I'm just going to rip ones off your list. I, if you want to just give me a W. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not picking Frozen 2. That's obvious. I know okay. that. I knew that was going to be your pick. Okay, it's not going to be my first overall pick. This is the thing. This is an objective list. Frozen Two is my favorite Disney film. That does not mean it's the like objectively the number one overall Disney film. Okay, give me Lion King. You are literally a walking piece of garbage. Listen, I I know it's on your list, but it's on everyone's list. It's that's because it's the best Disney movie ever made. It's like fantastic. I it's not my it's my second favorite, but like it's I mean Elton John just destroyed the soundtrack. It was great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, the story, amazing. Uh, yeah, fantastic pick. I hate it. Uh, my first pick is uh, Tarzan. Oh, that's a good pick. I think not even arguable. The greatest soundtrack in Disney history. No, that's a uh, Phil Collins absolutely demolishes the soundtrack. Every sing- There are other songs that are bigger hits than maybe the biggest hit on Tarzan. But the thing about Tarzan is every song is a hit. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, yeah, Tarzan, number two. The story is phenomenal. I've heard people recently on TikTok trying to, like, say how bad the story is of Tarzan. What? Find me a single flaw in Tarzan's story. It is phenomenal. It is perfect. Get over yourselves. Second overall pick. Aladdin. A little high, I feel like, but listen. It's a great, not bad. great movie. Not bad. Um, Aladdin. Listen, I don't it's on my list. So yeah. it's not a bad pick. I just feel like you could have got that in the third round. You know? Possibly. Uh, but my second pick, the fourth overall pick, now I think it finally has its time to shine. Uh, what I think is the greatest Disney film of all time. Uh, my personal favorite. Far superior to the original uh, Frozen 2. The story is better. You have more adult themes and motifs. The soundtrack, oh my gosh. I would argue the second or third best soundtrack in Disney history. Frozen 2 is phenomenal in every single way. Okay. Yeah. Uh my third pick, you ready? Yep. Moana. Okay. Also very high. I'm not gonna lie to you. But it's got it's got a little it's got it's got everything. It's not a bad pick. It's got a it's got a banger of a soundtrack. Yeah. The animation is incredible. I really like when Disney branches out into like different cultures, different ways of life, talking yeah. about that story. I mean it's I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I love Moana. Moana is probably in my like top ten favorite Disney movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know though. I also thought I had my top five pretty nailed out, but when we started doing this, I moved around my like top seven really. But uh, Moana's a good pick. I don't think that's a bad pick. Was that my third pick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my third pick. I'm gonna go with the movie that has phenomenal soundtrack, great writing, one oh, of the my. best heroines in any film ever. Uh, yep, you're taking my next pick. I am taking Hercules. Oh. Okay. I know now. I know where you're going for though. 
Any guesses? Are you picking Mulan? I am picking Mulan. Dang it. I really wanted to snag Mulan at four. Mulan's a great pick. I think getting Mulan at four is... I mean, that's fantastic. That's a really good pick. question. Yeah. Off the just you know on the rip. Do you want to do six rounds? I can do six. Okay, let's do six. I can do six. Uh, here's the deal. You have taken my four and five, and so this pick might seem a little high, but I'm 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 going for it anyway because you've taken all my other picks. Uh, Frozen. Okay. I know, listen, I just talked about how much better Frozen 2 is. That doesn't take away how amazing Frozen is. No, it's a good... The story was original. It was beautiful. Uh, the soundtrack in the first one. Like, if, if if Frozen 2 is the second or third best soundtrack of all time in Disney, Frozen is fifth or sixth. Like, phenomenal soundtrack. It was a, it was a banger. The cast is also just amazing. Like, everything about both of these movies are incredible. Frozen 2 just gets the nod a little bit, but Frozen... Still a great pick. I'm glad to take her at four. No, good pick. Good pick. You ready for my fifth? Yep. Lilo and Stitch. Oh, I really hate you. I told you before we started recording I was taking Lilo and Stitch. But now it's going to be harder for me to pick six. But that's okay. I'll make it work. I'll Don't make worry. It work. Bolt is still available. Uh, Lilo and Stitch is a phenomenal film. You I can, think... You can do a really good Stitch impression. Blur punch bottle. Ohana means family. I think Lilo and Stitch is single-handedly the most underrated Disney film of all time. Uh, it is fantastic. I don't know anyone who like doesn't like Lilo and Stitch, but I also don't know anyone who talks about Lilo and Stitch like it's one of the greatest Disney films of all time, and it is. It's in my personal top ten. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's incredible. Great, great, great pick. Uh, to round out my top ten or my top five, uh, I'm gonna go with the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. The only movie that I personally uh, put at like either two or three. Like the only reason I don't have Frozen two is like a solidified number two behind Tarzan is because of Hunchback. I go back and forth with those two a lot. Hunchbacks. If you don't like classical music, you probably won't like Hunchback's soundtrack. But if you do like classical music, Hunchback. Nerd is so freaking good and the story is beautiful also like if you haven't seen it by now i don't care it's been over 20 years he doesn't get the girl at the end and like that is not like normal disney and i like that it's different but like it doesn't take away from the movie and like quasimodo is just an incredibly lovable character phenomenal movie five is a snag for hunchback okay okay Here's the reason I want to go six. Okay. You probably figured out what movie I was taking when I suggested let's go six. Did I? Treasure Planet. Oh, listen, that's way too high. I, I don't. Care. I just watched Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet is awesome. It's a lot of fun. It's really good. The soundtrack is super cool. The story has been told a billion times. What story? The animation. The, the you're searching for a treasure that's a i mean the animation very mid granted it came out in 2010 so like i was about to say that was on yeah. peak with like atlantis's for when animation. it for when it came out 
good animation. But like, I don't know, man. Treasure, it was really good. It was like, I enjoyed it. I cried, but you didn't tell me I was going to cry. I was offended by that. At what point are you going to realize that you should just assume to cry at everything you sit down and watch? It's a great movie. Here's, okay, listen. There is a motivator that is outside of the movie, and it's maybe not fair for me to give it such high praise in part because of this. But, like, the story behind Treasure Planet is so sad. Treasure Planet was a passion project for two animators at Disney. They kept trying to get it greenlit. Every time they went to their boss, they would say, okay, just do this and we'll we'll greenlit it. We'll greenlight it. They do that. They come back. They're like, ah, we got to do this. And the cycle continued. They eventually went over their boss's head, pitched it. The boss of their boss loved it, greenlit it. Their bosses got scornful. And they put out Lilo and Stitch, put all the marketing toward Lilo and Stitch, had them open in theaters, had Lilo and Stitch open in theaters a week before Treasure Planet was set to come out. And it destroyed the market for Treasure Planet. That Treasure Planet did all things considered okay in the box office, but it could have done even better. It should have done better. I mean, Lilo and Stitch is significantly better. So, Right, no, but and Lilo, Lilo and Stitch is a fantastic movie, but according to the story, it was rushed in order to bury Treasure Planet. I understand why. You love Treasure Planet. I loved it. It's it was a, it was a, a fun movie. movie. It was really good. Let me just tell you some of the movies you picked Treasure Planet over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Oh. Atlantis. Whoa, 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 whoa. Atlantis is better than Treasure Planet in every single way. It is. It is. But, like, listen. I'm just making a pick here. Okay? I'm making a pick that I... And I'm just I, telling you, you what you left you on the picked, table. You picked one of your favorite movies. Why can't I pick one of my favorite movies? Because one of my favorite I'm, movies is objectively a top five Disney movie of all time. If, I mean, to you... No, it's obje- sub- I said objectively. Well, no, you're wrong. It's subjectively a top five Disney movie of all time. I mean, technically everything's subjective when you're ranking stuff. So? But when, as objectively as possible, Frozen 2 is much higher on a list. Anyway, you also left Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Uh... Tangled, okay. Big Hero Six, Love. Inside Out, Coco. Like I actually haven't seen Inside Out. Well, you will. It's such it's so good. Oh, I have uh, to but, before Monday. But yeah, um, the one that I'm gonna pick that you left out. Okay. Could arguably you could cut it off at. After the first 10 minutes of the movie, and it would be one of the best animated Disney films of all time. You mean shorts? It would also be... Up. Far and away the saddest Disney movie of all time. Uh, I am choosing Up. Up is one of the most unique and original adventure stories that has ever hit television. Up is beautiful. It is heartbreaking. I have seen a lot of movies and TV... Never have I ever been sobbing 10 minutes into a feature-length film. Up was beautiful. The relationship between Carl and the kid. What's the kid's name? I thought the kid was Carl. The old man is Carl. Carl Fredrickson. What was the kid's name? How am I forgetting this? 
I literally watched this movie like a week ago. Are you sure? About two weeks ago, actually. Anyway. Um, kind of feels like you're playing for the votes right now. Such a good Do you film. even like that movie? I No, I love that movie. Have you even seen that movie? A hundred times. Are you sure? Up is a phenomenal movie. The soundtrack is also beautiful. The story, Kevin the little bird, Doug the dog. The whole movie is... Russell, that's his name. The whole movie is beautiful. The relationship between Carl and Russell. The fact that they finally get to where they're going and then he gives it all up to protect Russell. The whole movie, man, is ugh, so freaking good. The villain was a surprise twist at the end. Ugh. Up at six is far and away the steal of this draft. Maybe. I, uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. More fun than we grown men should have. Uh, but that's okay. Tell us what you think. Thomas's list ends with The Lion King, Aladdin, Moana, Mulan, Lilo and Stitch, and Treasure Planet, which is a phenomenal list. Yeah, listen, I felt comfortable going on a wild card with my last one because of how strong my first five are. Honestly, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, mine is Tarzan, Frozen 2, Hercules, Frozen, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Up. So... Let us know who you think won. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like anti-New Age Disney who are going to discount me for Frozen and Frozen 2. And to you people, I say good day. I mean, I have Moana. Yeah, and that's it. Oh, yeah. Everything else you have is pre-2002 or before. Your earliest movie is The Lion King, which came out in 94. Your latest is Moana, which I don't know when it came out. And then Treasure Planet and Lilo and Stitch both came out in 2002. Moana came out in the spring... I want to say it was like 2015. No. Spring of 2016. Now, now I have to test that. Now I just want to know how right you were. It could be the summer, but I don't think it is. Wait, no. Spring of 2017. Oh, it has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Bang. It came out in the fall of 2016. It was released on November 23rd, 2016. Oh. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it's a great movie. Anyway. Uh, yeah, man. That's... Uh, that's some list. That's some draft. Both great lists. Both phenomenal lists. I mean, mine's better. I mean, it's not. I mean, it is. I mean, it's not, but that's okay. We're gonna you hear guys back. tell us who's better. Uh, but Spoiler, it's me. I am uh, very excited for what we got planned on Monday. Have we told them about the brackets? Nope. Listen, you guys are about to love the rest of March. Or hate. Or hate. One of the two, but hopefully it's love. I think, I think, I feel like we are going to get an uptick or a downtick. Well, we'll figure it out. Subscribers. Uh, We're very excited for what's going on on Monday and the rest of March. Hope you guys are too. Uh, But we'll leave it there. Don't want to give away too much. We will let you guys decide whether you love it or hate it. Come on. And listen, we've got this set for all four weeks of March. But if once you figure out what we're doing, you have an idea for one of those weeks, shoot it to us. Yeah, we got two open. Yeah, we do. Please tell us. But anyway. Any who's in. Any w- w- why? What? I said any way. You said any who. I said any why. I said any who's in. Any how? Any what? Anywhere. Anytime. I can show you the world. 
Listen, I don't know about you. Shimmering, sad, splendid. But uh, we're, we're just, just here, here so, so we don't, don't get, get fined. fined.